Welcome back to the EPL show here on FNR Football Nation Radio. I'm Josh Parrish here with Oscar Rutherford and we're delighted to be joined by a station favourite. We haven't spoken to you in a little while. Broadcaster, Aston Villa superfan, Johnny Gould. Welcome back to FNR. Oh, always a pleasure to join you on FNR, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're doing really well, mate. Uh, tell us about the Villa because they've got a new manager in charge. It's only Steven Gerrard. He had an emotional return to Anfield that I think everyone was trying to play up the significance of, except him. Absolutely. And the way he answered the questions about what will it be like to stand before the Liverpool crowd as a genuine legend, one of the only legends, I think, of the post-glory era of Liverpool, the Bob Paisley, Bill Shankly, Joe Fagan, Kenny Dalglish era, perhaps alongside people like Michael Owen and and Robbie Fowler, he said, look, I'm just there for Aston Villa. And rather than that antagonise Liverpool fans, I think that they respect it. Mm. And we certainly do at Villa Park because this is a handbook of how to turn yourself from a great player into a great manager. So often we see great players not make the transition into coaching But here's a guy who looks like the real deal Holyfield. He looks like he's going to have a managerial career at the same level that he had as a player. And he just inspires immense confidence. And I congratulate him on his vision of joining Aston Villa, but also to our ownership of uh, Sawiris and Edens and Christian Perslow of really sort of looking at this guy at Rangers and thinking, well, yeah, he's broken the Celtic hold on Scotland, but is that enough? And boy, oh boy, it is. I really think four matches in with four wins out of six, six matches in, and the only defeats are to Liverpool and Manchester City, in which case we came out of those with a lot of credit anyway. Um, It's really exciting. It must be. Um, Talking about garnering the respect of the fans with this Liverpool thing, and not making Villa feel like some stepping stone or inferior club. I have uh, vague recollections of Gerard Houllier, uh, the late Gerard Houllier, turning up to to Liverpool in, in sort of vaguely similar circumstances as Villa manager and sort of, uh, I would say, treating it as a bit of a, a victory lap, a return home, and it didn't seem like the task to hand was that important to him. So I think it's an important, important contrast for, for, uh, for Gerard to show that this means business and, and the Villa job is where his focus is. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Ulier was towards the end of his career. As we learned, it was his last senior job. And of course, he uh, left because of his heart condition. Poor, poor Gerard, rest in peace. Um, but with Stephen, um, I think you're absolutely right. And there's something else here at play which made me think. When he picked the Aston Villa job, which surprised me, quitting Rangers so early, I thought he'd hang around Rangers, win your average treble, win a few doubles, win a cup retain the Scottish Premier League, you know, come down to Liverpool in eight years' time when Jurgen Klopp decided to head back for the national team job or, I don't know, something else. I returned to Borussia Dortmund, maybe, with a smiling (laughs) face, you know. Uh, But I think what he's done, and I think this is very, very clever, is that he's looked at David Moyes at Manchester United and thought, what's the point of following Klopp? because Klopp has restructured, reinvented, and put Liverpool back at the top post-Ferguson at United. And to follow that, 
is extremely difficult. And of course, he could tarnish his reputation a little bit like, if I might say, Frank Lampard has done at Chelsea. He may, he may get another chance to manage Chelsea as an older coach, but he has to start, start, start again. And, uh, you know, he's been out of uh, work now, probably by choice for some time. So Stephen is playing this extremely intelligently. And I think he looks at Aston Villa and, 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 I mean, really, I mean, if you look at last night's win over Norwich, I mean, it was made out of our Youth Cup team, our Youth Cup winning side. You know, Carney comes on and he's a sublime player, brilliant player. Mm. Jacob Ramsey's making the headlines because he scores the goals and he's broken into the first team earlier. But Carney, wow, what a... I mean, he's sublime. He's a wonderful footballer. He's got massive paddles of legs. He kind of... He, he's just so so big and commanding and talented in a sort of Vieira kind of way, mm. but in a more attack-minded orientation. But uh, uh, there wasn't really much wrong with Aston Villa when Dino got sacked. All he, all he was guilty of was losing five games in a row. And, and I think Stephen understood that, that Dino was extremely unlucky mm. to lose his job because Aston Villa are in rude health. He walks into a club on the ascendancy despite a very bad October. That's all it was. So he's got loads of intelligence up there, Stevie. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I, I, really, I really admire the guy. I really admire him. There aren't many guys I truly admire in football and respect because, you know, it's not always an environment for respect, is it? But there are but there are a few of the elite guys like Steven Gerrard who I really, really admire. And, and um, he's used football as his education and I really respect that on so many levels. So you talked about how, you know, there wasn't much going wrong at Villa when Dino was there still. But obviously, Stevie's come in, got four wins from six. So what in your mind has, has he, like, changed? What, what's been different at Villa since Stephen came in? The fortunes of the first team. David Dean, the vice chairman of Arsenal of old, once told me that if the first team is winning, then the rest of the football club follows. And Dean Smith didn't get that bit right. He's changed the midfield... We have a much more commanding style. He's sorted the defence out. I think it's fair to say that we were beginning to lose matches and command of midfield and defence. It was taking a long time to assimilate those new players. And I think Steven Gerrard has immediately changed the mechanic of the side. Uh, One of the players who have significantly improved under Gerrard is Marvellous Nakamba. Now, sadly... He's now probably out for the rest of the season, which is such an awful shame. And, you know, we're not the only club to have lost players to serious injuries. We think um, of Wesley and Tom Heaton a couple of seasons ago, and they, their, their careers never really recovered from that. Um, just hoping that uh, Nakamba can sort of get himself down, take that period of uh, uh, out the game and really, really concentrate like he's a first-team player because he was doing so well. He was really one of our most improved players, uh, probably our most improved player. So that that's a blow. So he's 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 building people up. That that yeah. Liverpool thing he did in the European Cup final against Milan, you know, when he scored that header, yeah. he's really doing that to the team, and uh, he's fantastic. I'm, I've got nothing bad to say, nothing. So it's got nothing to do with banning tomato sauce, then. <laughs> Well, look, if I was manager, I wouldn't do that, but I'd probably get sacked (laughs) and celebrate with a chip butty. (laughs) 
one thing I do notice about this Villa team under Gerard uh, and talking about differences, they seem to be really like firing in the challenges. They seem to be a little bit harder, a bit rougher. And, you know, Gerard's Rangers side were the same. They were uh, quite a disciplined defensive side, not necessarily defensive approach, but uh, they, they didn't take a backward step in the challenge. Does that endear them to the supporters? The uh, Because there were a number of big tackles flying in in, uh, in the Liverpool yeah. match away. Look, he's, he's combative. He was a combative player. I mean, Aston Villa fans will remember how George Boateng was lucky to get with get away with him his walking again when he absolutely chopped him down from the knee as a yeah. Liverpool player at, at Anfield. It's a game we won 3-1, and Gerrard is an extremely combative player. Um, and unfortunately, in the modern game, you have to be a bit rough and tough. You have to be rough and tough throughout the 150 years of football, to be honest. Uh, and... Uh, he's he's brought that with him, and he also I think he 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 put the scaries up a few players. He said yeah. to Tyrone Mings publicly, he said, "Look, you're captain for now, and uh, we'll see how we go." And that was you know he didn't he didn't say that privately. He said that to the press. Um, so yeah, they're a bit scared there, and that's how football should be. They you know they should be a left back for Matty Target. There should be. Um, you know, a, a centre forward that can challenge Ollie Watkins. Um, you know, we, we can make them interchangeable with Danny Ings, even if they're different players. And it, we have a, a, um, a conveyor belt of youth cup players who are coming in and really challenging. And I'm reminded of what Alan Hansen said, you'll win nothing with kids. Maybe we will win something with kids. It's, it's very, very exciting down at Villa Park because we've got players who are on loan at the moment, who are also star players. Cameron Archer is, is at the club. He's just signed a new contract. But we have players like, um, I'm having a senior moment. I've just lost uh, uh, Louis Barry at Ipswich. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've got good players on loan uh, out there uh, and they're going to come back. Um, and it's exciting because we, we're going to have home growth. We're going to have we're going to have lots of interviews after the game with brummy voices. So beware, guys. Beware. I'll do the translations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about a not-so-brummy player, but a nonetheless important one for Villa. Uh, Emi Buendia, obviously the, the big money signing uh, over the summer uh, from Norwich, started this morning against his former club, did okay, you know, started well, looked like he, he was up for it a bit. How, how I guess, do you see Stephen Gerrard as being really important in kind of taking him to the next level in that Villa side because he hasn't quite hit the ground running as maybe you would have hoped? Any player who has potential that's not realising it is a target for Steven Gerrard. Uh, Emiliano Buendia is one of them. Um, I think he will give him opportunities to perform. He's a very important player. He's Jack Grealish's direct replacement. That can't be straightforward, can't be easy for him. Um, He was so up for it last night. Uh, he got booed at the uh, when he got substituted. Um, now, look, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of Norwich City, just as um, fans from outside Aston Villa and commentary, I don't understand how we feel about Jack Grealish leaving Villa. There was a lot of booing for him as well, and people don't understand that outside the club. So he kind of he disappointed people when he left. He was up for it, as you say, but maybe his um, excitement of trying to prove himself overawed him slightly. There's a bit of that up there, especially with a flair player like him. He's so skillful. 
And um, I remember Graham Taylor once saying to me, a flare player like that only needs about 20 or 25 minutes of the 90 minutes to perform. And if he doesn't do that, uh, it suddenly looks like a bad performance. It's not. Um, and he needs special treatment, I think, from Stephen Gerrard because he is he's a showman. Mm. And we need creativity in the field. I mean, Jack Grealish certainly was that. Uh, I yeah. Honestly, I watch him at City, and I, I think it's a bit of a crime against football that Jack Grealish has to play for Pep Guardiola and follow all his instructions because they have these uh, interchangeable attacking midfield and uh, inside forward players that, I mean, does it really matter which of them are on the field? I guess it kind of does with, with Bernardo Silva, but I feel as if Grealish is yet to, to break out of the Guardiola straitjacket at all and... I, I always yeah. preferred it when he was just allowed to do his own thing at, at Villa Park and, and sort of freelance, I suppose. Exactly. He's left a family business and joined a corporate. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, he was allowed to be the playmaker. And so often in football, um, managers say, whatever you do, when you get the ball, pass it to the star player. Uh, that was what Sir Alf Ramsey said to all his players, when you get the ball, give it to Bobby Charlton. Alan Ball told me that, and of course he was a World Cup winner in that team. Alan Ball then used to say to me when he was Southampton manager, he said, when you're a Southampton player, when you get the ball, give it to Matthew Letizia. Yeah. And <laughs> this was why we lost lots of games when Jack was injured. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a very incisive point you make. Um, he's having to adopt himself as not top of the class. He's just another player there. I think it's a terrible mistake he made. I really do. I mean, you know, there are, there are, there are bigger things than football. And uh, he owned those things. Mm. He owned being a homeboy. He could have been bought a drink for the rest of his life if that was important to him. He could have been a hero in, in the city of Birmingham. And he's tarnished it. And, and you know, the history, it's not just, it's not just about Jack as an individual. His great-great-grandfather was also an Aston Villa player, also represented England as an Aston Villa player. He was buried in a church in Saltley, which is uh, an area near Aston. His name was Billy Garrity. And he won the FA Cup as well with, with Villa. And the Germans in the 1940s, when they were at war in the Battle of Britain, they bombed a local factory. And they also sadly, tragically bombed the churchyard where the Garrity tomb was uh, there. And of course, there's no, there's no sort of ownership site yeah. of his body anymore. And like, like, I, I don't know, I just like, oh, you might not hear this in football very much in commentary on, on the radio on television very much. But I think those things really matter. They matter more than football. Yeah. And he was offered a, a bigger contract at City. If it's about money, it wasn't about money. It was about playing Club Bruges on a Wednesday night. I mean, really, come on, mate. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then he went into their dressing room, which is this sky blue television set. Looks like something Dancing with the Stars or some TV show. And he goes there in his brummy accent. He says, "This is the most lovely and amazing thing I've ever seen. I'm so I'm like I'm, I'm amazed. It's brilliant. Oh come on, Jack. It's not a show. It's not celebrity, man. Come on. But he's gone and he can't come back. No, you know that's the truth. Never? He can't come back. I mean, nah. come on, like, give us five, ten years to mend fences and he'll go do a return interview and say he never should have left and it's always been his home. And so, like, I mean, football ten fans... Ten years will be finished. Ten years will be finished. 
Yeah. Five years would be towards the end of his career, by which time we'll have been champions. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you about that, actually, because uh, there's a an American uh, sports broadcaster that you may know called Bill Simmons, and he has this Ewing theory about teams losing their best player and then suddenly becoming better than they used to be, maybe because they're not relying on that individual so much. Could that potentially apply to Aston Villa? It didn't look like it under Dean Smith, but as we said early days, a lot of new players trying to integrate these guys. Once this group of players and Buendia and the like really get used to each other and knit together under Gerrard, could Villa be a better team than they were with Grealish in the starting 11? We're a better side now, uh, but obviously it's not making headlines because we're in ninth position, but you're absolutely right. It's happened in our history. It happened in 1981. We didn't just lose our best player but we lost our second best player and our third best player all in the same summer. And they were sold for the equivalent today of £100 million. And I say that by measurement of the fact that it was the transfer record at the time. We sold Andy Gray to Wolves for $1.5 which was the record, so therefore it's £100 million today. We sold John Gidman to Everton for three quarters of a million pounds, therefore 50 million. Yeah. Uh, we sold John Dean to West Bromwich Albion for the equivalent of 30 million pounds, that's 450,000 pounds. And Brian Little got injured. So, I mean, that was a crushing blow. And we went from being League Cup winners and finishing fourth to losing our way and finishing mid table to being the champions of England in 81 with Tony Morley. Gary Shaw, Des Bremner, Peter Wyth, Dennis Mortimer, a survivor of that original team, Ken McNaught, uh, Jimmy Rimmer. Uh, Yeah, it's been done before. And then we were European champions. There is an age-old debate with lovely old men in the uh, Villa directors' boxes who get invited between them saying, oh, yeah, Villa's 1982 team was better than the 77 team. Oh, no, the 77 team was better than the 82. And then the 82 guys say, well, show me the medals. And uh, this is the very important point um, that the guys who were then uh, a team of leaders rather than a bunch of star players were the real winners. So Mr. Simmons is right. And I love the Ewing theory. Is that something to do with JR? (laughs) I think it's Patrick Ewing of the New York Knicks. uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, that's that's basketball. (laughs) This is Football Nation Radio. We don't need to get into that. So let me ask you, Johnny, with all that being said, how what what can Villa achieve this season? Like like is European football the goal, or is 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 it securing mid table? Like like where where do you think Villa can go? Progress, um, finishing higher than last season. And last season was a credit because we were mid table. We survived relegation on the last day of the season at West Ham the year before. So an upward curve. Um, it would be lovely to have a cup run. That would be gravy. We got to the final of the League Cup under Dean Smith lost to Manchester City, as everyone does. Um, yeah, why not? I mean, you know, that's the great thing about football. There's always a target. Um, but I don't think there's any need to qualify for Europe this season. I would like us to plan without Europe next season because I think we can really go for it in the Cups and in the league next year without the disruption of a Thursday night game against a Romanian team you never heard of with COVID restrictions and flying out there and... Playing do the England, game, sorry to interrupt, you know, Johnny. Do Malta. English fans care at all about the Europa League or even like the Europa Conference no. League? Look, Wolves fans might, Leeds fans might, we might, you know, because we have memories of the UEFA Cup uh, in both the 90s and the 70s. 
and even the noughties. Mm. Um, but unless no, you go I mean, on a Spurs run, it fan. seems like a burden, right? Yeah, I mean, like it seemed like Spurs who got to the Champions League final and lost to Liverpool. You know, when they have a, a game against Kluge yeah. on a Thursday night, the attendance is thirty thousand, and they've got a beautiful stadium. I urge you to go. I mean, it, it rolls around. They look like peas in a pod there, you know, and, and it's boring. And the tickets are 30 quid or 20 quid. Um, in fact, they should pay us to go and see them. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It's, it is the Division 2 of Europe, and you're made to think it as well. So it's, um, yeah, uh, look, as I say, for teams who, are, who, don't, who don't see sit at the top table of the Champions League like us, or at least not for 30 years, um, it would be exciting. But you know what? I want us to have a clean slate next season. I don't really want Europe. I hope that's not too counterintuitive. So does that mean progress entails getting the likes of Jacob Ramsey to you know, have the, these kinds of runs, getting you talked about Carney, you know, getting them playing regular first-team football and, and, and contributing and growing his players at a Premier League level? Yeah, I, I love Carney because he's really impatient. He said, "I'm not, I'm not staying." And the reason he's saying that is not because Borussia Dortmund are interested, and of course they have a decent track record of taking players, as do Schalke, from England's reserves and putting them in, you know, the Bundesliga because they recognise Talam and Messier. Uh, it's put pressure on Stevie G to put Carney in there, and he came on as a sub, and of course he opened it up for the second goal last night brilliantly like he just he just holds players off he's 18 <laughs> do you know what i mean really what a what an excellent excellent player he is and he's got that vision he's so fluent so look um i really admire Carney's um gung-ho chutzpah i think is the word of telling his manager look i'm not going to sign a contract i want to know where i'm going he's 18 he wants to win. He is Steven Gerrard's kind of player. He's my kind of player. And I think I'm certain he's Aston Villa's kind of player. We can't harness and create an FA Youth Cup side and sell one of our best graduates from it. That would be that would be Jack Grealish style heartache for me. Oh, Carney Chukwamaker, remember the name. Yeah. If you can say it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Johnny, yeah. <laughs> before we let you go, there's something uh I we didn't address, and that's the fact that Villa just played against Norwich. Uh Dean Smith in the dugout, what will be the reaction of, of Villa fans when Dean Smith comes back? Uh, because we, we said Jack Grealish has burned those bridges, but but Dino, pretty unlucky to get the sack, I think. Is that the general feeling? They chanted his name last night. The away supporters? At 2-0. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, they chanted his name. They chanted his name at 2-0. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, if it had been 1-0 I don't, to them, I don't yeah. think we would have done, but... Um, no, everyone loves Dino. Um, you know, it was a, a very uh, Marmite decision, or Vegemite decision, Mike. Yeah. Maybe I should <laughs> change that. Yeah. Um, it, was, um, it was a decision that uh, split fans. Uh, I, w- I was very upset by it, but now I can see the merit of it. And listening to Dean last night, you know, again, he was talking a little bit like Villa were a couple of seasons ago in relegation trouble. He knows he's up, he's up for a fight. He's swapped... Uh, the uh, you know the frying pan for the frying pan for the fire, whereas uh, we're now elevated slightly. But um, every Villa fan with a heart or with a, a conscious memory or a love for the area and for the football club will respect Dino forever. He is one of our favourite managers, 
And the time was glorious. I have in my head uh, the playoff trophy victory where Jack's on one side and Dino's on the other side with the trophy in one hand each. I mean, that was that was very, very, very special. A Lion of Lisbon's moment, if you like, the same as Celtic winning the European Cup in 68. You know, uh, Brummies leading the way. Wonderful stuff. Look, uh, football doesn't really engender that romance, but we'll always love, we'll always have a place for Dino. He's welcome. What a great man he is. Well, Johnny, what a great man you are for joining us here on <laughs> FNR. We, we love speaking to you. We could talk to you all night, but we're running out of time here. So uh, we'll say goodbye for now and uh, get another Villa update, maybe broader Premier League chat later on in the season. If people want to check out your work, off to your Twitter feed. Oh, yeah, Twitter at Johnny Gould, J-O-N-N-Y, G-O-U-L-D. Thank you, guys. Absolute pleasure, Johnny. Thanks, Speak to Johnny. you again later in the season. You bet. We'll come back with uh, a bit of Arsenal chat. I think our resident Arsenal supporter, Bakua Frimpong, is pretty fired up about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, so cannot wait for that.